Jim Harbaugh is feeling the impact of the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Plus, later on, we have MLB Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez. It's Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh has an undefeated team and lots of unanswered questions about sign-stealing accusations. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports Newsletter co-author David Rumsey. Welcome, David. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you. So Michigan is under investigation for going beyond the legal sign-stealing that happens in-game and is very common to having people watch practices of opposing teams. There haven't been any actual sanctions from this, but Jim Harbaugh, head coach, is starting to feel the heat. What's going on here? Yeah, we have been kind of monitoring this situation as it develops. Like you said, there's no um, penalties yet for Michigan that would maybe result in some sort of punishment that could affect them on the field. But now the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Michigan has actually rescinded a lucrative contract extension offer to Jim Harbaugh that would have made him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. So right now he's making about $8.2 million a year from a contract that he signed in 2022. And obviously Michigan made the college football playoff last year and they're undefeated this year, like you said, have a great shot at maybe a national title this year. So things are looking up for him, right? But now with this uh, sign-stealing situation, I guess Michigan is saying, let's walk it back a little bit. Well, let's monitor the situation. I don't think they're saying they're going to fire him or anything. We'll see what happens, but that's where we're at right now. Right, this feels like... There could very well be sanctions, but maybe he's valuable enough to the program. I mean, certainly if they're willing to make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, it's, you know, maybe makes sense for them to wait and see, like, how bad is it? So, yeah, what do we know about potential sanctions? We really don't know much at this point. The NCAA is still investigating, and obviously Michigan is kind of denying it, not commenting on it as these things go. So we'll just have to wait and see. But one interesting wrinkle is that you know a lot of people have been speculating for some time now that Jim Harbaugh could be interested in returning to the NFL to coach again. He obviously had a lot of success in his four years with the San Francisco 49ers, an appearance in a Super Bowl, and he's interviewed with NFL teams in some recent off seasons has ultimately decided to not return to the pro ranks to stay in the college ranks. But an interesting report that came out from NFL.com, which is you know owned by NFL media was stating that if Harbaugh was suspended or punished in any way by the NCAA, then should he choose to accept a head coaching or another position uh, job in the NFL he would still have to face that same penalty likely in the NFL. So if he was suspended for six games by the NCAA and said, hey, I'm going to go become coach of the, I don't know, Chicago Bears next year, get a first overall pick, Caleb Williams, right? Maybe, um, you know, he would still have to serve a six-game suspension because the NFL is basically saying we don't want to be an escape system for uh, coaches or players that in that situation that, you know, maybe would try to get away from serving a penalty by booting the college ranks and getting to the pro ranks. So kind of kind of getting in the weeds there, but it's a lot of interesting uh, business ramifications coming out of this sign stealing situation that is still 
basically, we don't know anything about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the interesting thing is, you know, maybe the infractions committee comes back and says, actually, you know what, it's fine. Or, you know, like pay $10,000 and move on with your life. Um, or, and, you know, maybe you won't even be on him. Maybe it'll be on the program. Uh, but yeah, the, the detail of that report coming out from NFL.com makes it feel like halfway to a press release of the NFL saying like, hey, you, you can't just cross the border and and be safe because you're in a, a different jurisdiction here. It's, you know, well, we will uh, yeah, not be the safe haven uh, because if it was something really bad, then, you know, you could imagine him just taking an assistant job if he had to just to stay in football. But, um, you know, that, you know, he's I think he's obviously head coach material until proven otherwise. Um, anything else we should be watching out for here as this whole thing unfolds? I just think it's really interesting, even though that there hasn't been any kind of definitive punishment yet, Harbaugh could still be feeling these financial ramifications. I mean, getting into the numbers, his $8.2 million salary right now has him 12th in the nation amongst college football head coaches. If he were to get that lucrative extension that would make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, that right now that would make him fourth highest paid coach in the country, just behind the likes of... Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, uh, Kirby Smart, you know, right up there uh, in that uh, past $10 million near $11 million a, a year range. So I know Har- Harbaugh is probably not hurting uh, for any dollars necessarily. He's had a pretty successful career, but those co- coaches are competitive guys. They want to be, you know, the highest paid uh, as much as they can. So, yeah, I'm sure he's not happy about that, it, it, even though he denied this report, said, oh, I wouldn't say that's accurate. They can't really talk about contract things right now until things are final. So I'm sure he's not happy about it if that is the case. And and we'll see what happens if Michigan would uh, re-extend that offer to him, you know, once the situation is sorted out. Yeah. And I'm a little bit splitting hairs here, but I wouldn't say that accurate feels a little different from that's just completely dead wrong. Like I'm going to put all my chips on this, this being inaccurate, you know, like giving himself some wiggle room there as, as yeah, you, you'd expect he would in and a situation like this. what you just said is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. David Rumsey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred confirmed at the World Series that the vote on the Oakland A's move to Las Vegas is set for the owners' meeting in mid-November. It would be nothing short of shocking if the owners did not approve the team's move. Once they do, the team will supposedly get serious about making this move happen, which might even include realistic renderings. The stadium renderings that the team used during the legislative hearings that ended with Nevada providing $380 million in public funds, plus no lease payments for 30 years, those renderings showed a stadium that did not necessarily fit on the nine-acre parcel the A's have to work with, but that doesn't matter, because the team itself described the renderings as obsolete once they got their funding. But apparently that's still all they've got, because those same renderings were used in a presentation by the ballpark construction manager, Mortensen McCarthy, in a presentation last week before the Las Vegas Stadium Authority. Also coming in November is a court hearing on the legal standing of a voter referendum pushed by a group called Schools Over Stadiums, which seeks to deny the A's that $380 million from the state. That vote, if it goes forward, would happen in November 2024, after the A's lease at the Oakland Coliseum had expired, and presumably after the demolition of the Tropicana Hotel in Las Vegas, which needs to be removed to make space for the stadium. Manfred conceded that, quote, if there was an adverse development with respect to that referendum, that would be a significant development. Yes, it would. November is going to be a consequential month for the teams in the World Series and the team that is as far as you can possibly get from the World Series. The Athlete Billionaires Club has a new member. According to Forbes, Magic Johnson joins Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and LeBron James as athletes who are worth in excess of $1 billion. Magic, like Michael, didn't get too far on that path with his playing contracts. 
Magic played for the LA Lakers from 1979 to 1991, plus a quick comeback in 1996, earning a total of $40 million. Compare that to LeBron, who is nearing $500 million from his NBA contracts alone. Magic used his basketball fame to get in the door with some big executives, but once he was there, he showed that he was just as good a playmaker off the court. He partnered with he partnered with businesses like Lowe's and Starbucks, going in with them on joint ventures to put locations in predominantly black neighborhoods in LA and other cities. He helped those businesses grow, and then once they had established themselves, Magic would sell his shares back to the parent company. He also helped develop major real estate funds working in joint ventures that targeted black communities. He's made big and well-timed investments in healthcare and life insurance companies, the latter of which is a key part of his portfolio. And of course, he's one of the more visible sports team owners and now owns stakes in the Washington Commanders, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Sparks, and LAFC. In his playing days, Magic consistently found ways to make something out of nothing. Turns out he's the same guy when it comes to business. Up next, I spoke to MLB Hall of Fame catcher Ivan Rodriguez. Pudge spent much of his career with the Texas Rangers, where he is now a special assistant to the GM. We spoke about the World Series, his role with the team, baseball's controversial playoff format, and plenty more. That conversation is coming up next. All right, very excited to be joined now by MLB Hall of Fame catcher Ivan Rodriguez. Welcome, Pudge. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you. So uh, not long ago, you were blowing up my social media feed because you did an ad with my friend Eno Saris for Saks Underwear. First of all, I want to know about the conversation you had when you first heard about this idea uh, for this campaign. Like, uh, who who initially got in touch with you? Was it your, your agent or someone from Saks? Yeah, yeah. Mighty Knox was the one that... Um, the, they got it. They got in contact with her, and so you know we came out with this idea to do it in the in the playoff, and just to do something different. Sure, <laughs> it's definitely different. And and, uh, and do this this commercial, but uh, but it was great. It was nice uh, having this uh, commercial during the playoff. Obviously, I was able to work with a great group of guys. Great group of talented guys that we that we did the commercial together in Miami. And so we have a great time. Obviously it's all about talking the algorithm, which is analytics stuff, like you know, like the way that baseball is today, uh using uh the math uh, uh in baseball, obviously pitching matches and and uh facing batters and changing pitchers and and all that. So, but I think it's uh, it was uh, it was great. Uh, it was a great uh, four, five, six hours. I think it was. Okay. The, the, <laughs> Were you in your underwear the, that whole time? The, the commercial, yeah. I was in. I was in on the words all over the place. <laughs> but I was. But I wasn't. I wasn't the only one. Everybody was doing the was doing the same. But I think it's it's great. It's all about. Uh, the purpose for it, you know, for testicle uh, cancer, uh, OES Foundation. And, and I think that's very important to uh, to pay attention. Obviously, uh, this is uh, a, a disease that you can get early, but if you can if you can catch it early, you can be fine. You can be cured uh, fully 100%. And so that's the basically the, the whole purpose, just to use baseball use the analytics and use the fun uh 
me doing it and the other words that they is built for to protect that area uh, and so that was the that was the purpose and we have a great time yeah yeah cool yeah it looks like you're having fun and i think you know you know had fun with it too um and yeah since you mentioned the analytics and of course Eno's, you know one of the people who have who's brought that to the the broader baseball world um what <laughs> Was that um, so much of a factor when when you were playing in, in your days? I mean, these days you hear players talk about their barrel rates and you know the, you know their seam shifted wake and all this stuff. Um, were people having those same kinds of conversations, maybe just with different terms, when you were a player? Yeah, we have that. We have that in my back in my days when uh, when we play. Obviously, we were using we're using the scout reports and uh, we're using the uh, the, the analytics, obviously, we, you know, we go to the video room and we go through every every hitter and study every hitter. But, uh, but basically, we didn't we didn't use it as the level that they use in it now. Basically, right now, uh, you you can hear you can see that they have earpiece on and and you have all this. Uh, uh, electrical stuff that they that they had they put it in their picture that they put it in their hat uh, for not stealing signs and and all that so we don't we don't have that but what we have back in the days was obviously the same pretty much um, not not the not the equipment on the field not the iPods on the dugout none of that but but that's baseball. Baseball change, and now this player has that available in their dugout and on the field. They can communicate with, you know, uh, with his teammates and all that through these devices that they have that they have on. But uh, but I'm okay. You know, baseball is different today. Uh, uh, technology is there to use. And and if, and we're gonna continue probably do some more stuff. You know, if the technology keep going the way it goes, they're gonna they're gonna probably use that because obviously it's working. It's working for the players and uh, it's working for the pitcher and catcher not to not to have the stealing signs anymore. And and it's working, so I'm okay with that. Um, I'm an old school guy, but at the same time, um, I'm a fan now, and and I can see baseball a lot different now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you spent 12 years as a Texas Ranger, um, and and now you're a special assistant to the the GM and the owners. What's it like seeing them in the World Series? Uh, it's, it's it's nice. It's fun. It's it's a it's a hard work, uh, you know, all year round. Uh, you know, starting from the, you know, from the ownership, from Ray Davis and Neil Liebman and all the owners and and uh, Chris Young, uh, the whole guys in the office, and obviously uh, the coaching staff, Bruce Bochy and the coaching staff, putting all these players ready to go in spring training, and and I think that is uh, the reason that we that we are where we are now. And I think that is all team effort. Uh, I know the players are doing everything on the field, do uh, do everything to get there. But uh, but I think with all the help from the coaching staff, putting all, 
all of them ready to go before the game. They they they, they pre practice before the game, put all of them ready. I think is is a big key. We have to mention that. And plus the players, what can I say about them? You know, they're they're they all having a great season. They're really they're really close as a team. And I think when you have that, uh you're gonna you're gonna win ball games and so uh, that's what we're seeing right now. We're gonna have uh tough game coming up in Arizona. I don't think it's it's not gonna be easy play there in, in Arizona and and their fans and the atmosphere is gonna be loud. But I think the Rangers what they need to do is just keep what they're doing. Yeah. And is there anything else you'd say about the uh the off the field stuff uh with the Rangers organization? What makes that the Texas Rangers unique from other teams off the field? I think we are a family organization. I think we like to help the community. Uh, you know, where uh, where Arlington area used to be, you know, long time ago, and what you see, what you see now, all the all the improvement, you know, new hotels, new, you know, new apartments, uh, you know, the Cowboy Stadium, the Globe Life Field Stadium, still the old stadium there for. Uh, for football, so it's, it's it's growing, and and basically uh, the whole metroplex. We have uh, we have the Rangers Foundation, which is we have a beautiful baseball complex here in Dallas that we're helping kids. You know, their kids come in uh, for free and 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 practice baseball, and we have teams, and we do traveling teams and all that, and so. That's what we love to do as an organization. And so we want to continue doing that. We love to do that. We love to help the community. And we like to keep the community close to us all the time. Yeah. Um, thinking about the, the the playoffs a little bit more, a lot of people have been complaining about the the expanded playoff format, you know, where we have, you know, the, no, no shade on the Diamondbacks. They're a great team, but they won 84 games. Um, and you know, just barely got into the playoffs. Now they're in the World Series, and of course, the the you know most dominant teams of the regular season are are out. Um, do you think MLB should consider playing around with this format? I don't. I don't think so because it, 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 to me, it works really well. Uh, you give you give more opportunities, and obviously. Uh, you know, when you when you're talking about the Diamondbacks, you know, you say they they win 84 games, but the Dodger wins 100 games. So you give a obviously they play in a tough a, a in a tough division. Uh, the Rangers play in a tough division. Uh, baseball baseball is getting better overall. I think it's not it's not like a long time ago that there's only a few teams that they're like really really good now. Is, is is pretty equal, you know. Every team they're really uh, close to each other, but I think uh, it's okay, you know. You, you got to play. I mean, it's not that we put we bring two or three more teams into the playoff. You still need to win games. You still it's a playoff. It's a different monster. It's a different it's a different game, and basically the the Diamondback is is showing. Um, you know they they start playing against Milwaukee. They beat the they beat the Brewers. They went and beat the Dodgers. 
in big Philadelphia. So, you know, that's that's part of baseball. When you play when you play good baseball, it doesn't matter how many games you win in the regular season. Uh, if you win ball games in the playoff, you're gonna be in the World Series. It's good for baseball. It's it's, it's good for the fans. And I like this. I like this format. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you know, you're considered one of the the best defensive catchers in baseball history. And right now, there's a lot of talk of bringing in some amount of automation into ball and strike calls, which you know maybe takes something away from the catcher in terms of pitch framing. Um, either as the the robots calling every single ball strike call, or or just a challenge system where if the batter disagrees, they can they can challenge. Um, how would you feel about that if um, if baseball adopted something like that? Well, you know, we have to wait and see if that's going to happen. Uh, they've been talking about it. They've been talking about having a electric strike zone, uh, but we're still going to have the umpire behind waiting for the call. I think it, I think in my opinion, uh, I like I like a human person behind the plate calling balls and strikes. I think this. These umpires today, they really work really hard to get better uh, behind the play, and I think they're doing a great job. Uh, it's not too many mistakes. Uh, you know, if you see the game the other day when Montgomery pitched, uh, Montgomery was missing by inches, uh, just really like this much, and the umpire called balls. And if you see the squadron of the of the on TV, it was really ball. So. They've been doing a great job doing that. I like to uh, continue give them the the opportunity to keep calling games because they're getting better, you know. Uh, and I think they're like right there. They're not missing too many pitches. But again, uh, we have to wait and see uh, the technology. Like I said to you earlier, it, it's improving more and more and more. And they're gonna, and they're like gonna look to those opportunities. But again, you know, uh, we already have plenty of technology on the game uh, with the replays and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as the having a, a an automatic um, a, a strike zone, we have to see what Manfred is is going to do and his decision that he's going to do later on. All right. Last thing I'll ask you, uh, give us one player you, you think could be kind of a secret weapon in this World Series before it's done. Well, uh, obviously, Dallas Garcia is doing a great job, obviously. is is locked in at the plate. Uh, he's doing great. Uh, Cody Seager is is doing great, uh, obviously, uh, 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 offensively and defensively. But... But I think for me, uh, in the next games coming up, I would like to see Michael Simeon, uh, you know, step up. Step up. He's, uh, he's, he's hitting the ball well uh, with no luck. But I think if Marcus get on base uh, more in the next three, you know, two to three of the more games, I think it's, it's going to be good for the Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Pudge Rodriguez, thanks so much for joining us on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you.
That is it for today. Subscribe and leave us a scary rating and monstrous review on the podcast platform of your choice. Don't be haunted by your team's latest loss. Get out there and have a spooktacular Halloween night. Ha 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 ha!